0: And there, there is a curiosity, because on the same day, the other two women who ended up on the podium of the Golden Trail Series 2021, who were, of course, Matisse Maud from Switzerland and Anaïs Sabrier from France, they also ran a marathon, because they raced in Zurich. Um, Maud was second in 2 hours 33, and... Anais Sabriet was third in our 37 in her marathon debut. So, pretty impressive performances by those three ladies. And I think this can be inspiring to many people. So, don't be afraid to put yourself into contest on the roads, on something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, but that is going to, you know, help you discover your limits, work in your weak areas, and just improve as an athlete as a, and as a person. everyone how are you doing welcome back or welcome to running long our great show brought to you by Bert Run I'm Francesco your host I just got in my morning run first run of the day second one coming in this afternoon turning is feeling good after a period where I've been injured I actually broke an elbow at the end of last year the recovery has been really long and painful it's not completely healed, but it's feeling so much better, and I've been able to train full-time, preparing for the next races of my season. Some big ones coming. Um, first race that I'm gonna do is gonna be in mid-May in Italy at Garda Trentino Trail. 28k, it's the national trail running championship, so I'm looking forward to that, and currently in the middle of a great training block. So, This is our trail running review of the month, and I'm gonna talk about what happened during the month of April, which was a big month of racing. So much going on in the international running scene. So here I am, going to review the main best results by the best athletes of our sport. One thing that I wanna mention that all of us at Vert are really proud of are the great, great results that our amazing athletes who train with us are achieving. You're incredible. Special mention for this month goes to Jasmine Lauder, who is a trail runner from Canada that I have been following for the past few months, who has just won and set a new course record at Canyons 100 by UTMB in California. Arguably one of the most competitive 100K trail races on the planet. Jasmine signed up as an Explore athlete with BERT back in February 2022 because she was looking to have some perspective into her training, some direction to improve her performance after being self-coached since she started running. So she reached out to me and we started sharing messages and feedback. Then we picked Tom Evans' 100k training plan and we started training based on the structure. So, awesome job to Jasmine and kudos to all our great athletes rocking the trails out there and rocking the races. With Jasmine, I recorded a very interesting interview the other week, so please go check it out and discover more about this new rising star of our sport. Her background as an outdoor lover, crime and skier, her dreams and passions, and now she will pick up her training towards Western States Endurance Run in June. All right, let's get started, as I was saying, so many race results that I want to talk about this month, and I'm going to go in a chronological order, starting from early April with the Marathon de Sable in the Sahara Desert in Morocco. This is a desert stage race at its 36th edition, it's a 250 and fifty-kilometer race across 6 stages in 7 days. Anna Comet from Spain dominated the women's run, finishing each stage in the front of the group. Um, Ultimately, she finished in 24 hours 18, and she was over an hour faster than her closest challenger. Sylvain Sylvain Cousseau from France was second in 25 hours 32, and Aziza El Amrani from Morocco was third in 26 hours 31 minutes. Among the men's race, it wasn't easy, but Rashid El-Morabidi from Morocco overcame a strong challenge from his younger brother, Mohamed El-Morabidi, and Aziz Jaku, all from Morocco. So this is a nine-time win from Rashid El-Morabidi, with a time of 18 hours, 33, uh, ultimately leaving by just one minute after six days of racing. And Yeshu was third in 18 hours 37. So just three minutes separated the podium finishers after the week of racing. The Gorge Waterfall in Oregon. It was a race organized by Dylan Bowman and his crew with Free Trail. And uh, it was the first time since 2018 that the race took place. So the Gorge Waterfall 100K was back. There was a $12,000 ca- cash purse with $3,000 going to each winner. Among the women, Hannah Allgood won in nine hour 34 uh, in front of Tara Frega and Ellie Pell, who were second and third in 9 hour 44 and 9 hour 50 respectively. Among the men's, the great David Laney, running for Craft Sportswear, took the men's crown in 8 hour 34, outpacing Rich Lockwood over the final 20 miles of the race. Third place was Joe McConig, who was third in 8 hour 57. The day after the 100k, there was also a 50k with uh, some pretty good results. So Kelly Henninger was first in the women's race in 4 hour 19 ahead of Leah Yingling and Taylor Nollin with a 4 hour 32 run. Among the men's race, Ryan Miller was the lone star at the end of the men's race. After a patient start, Miller collected Taylor Green late in the race and then stormed to the finish in 3 hour 50 minutes. Taylor Green followed in 3 hour 52 and third place was Adam Murray, also sub four hour in three hour, 47 minutes. At the American River 50 mile in Folsom, California, Tim Tolfson won by over an hour in six hours, eight minutes. So this is the second win for Team in 2022 after way too cool 50K. So he's rocking his races in preparation for June Western State's endurance run. Second place went to Ellen Lieber in 7 hour 15 and third place to Brian Miller in 7 hour 52. Among the women, Erica Jennison ran 8 hour 50 and finished 13 overall. She better her time by three minutes uh, and it was this year's woman's best. Third place was Ginia McKnight, and third was Karen Horvath in 9 hour, 1 minute, and 9 hour, 3 minutes, respectively. Ninka Brinkman, she made history at the Rotterdam Marathon this year. Ninka is a really good friend of mine that I've mentioned several times on this podcast, and she just delivered what I think is the best performance ever recorded by a trail athlete on the road because in Rotterdam she ran two hours 22.51 in the marathon. This is thanks to a perfect race strategy because she went out with a 71.53 first half and then she ran one hour, 10 minutes and 52 seconds for the second half so this, to me, is super impressive because there are not even very many trail guys that are able to deliver such a fast performance on the roads. So I think Minke is currently the best uh, runner on across all surfaces, road, track, and trails, because let's remember, last year she was second at... Golden Trail Series final. She was second also at the Great Sturgeonal. She won two Golden Trail, two Golden Trail Series stages. So, tremendous outlet for sure. There was an interview with uh, Ninke and Aaron Farr, and she confirmed that even after this breakthrough, she is planning to run the Golden Trail World Series again this year. So the Gamma is next for her before the two United States races. At uh, Pikes Peak Ascent and Flagstaff Sky Peaks in September. She's also going to do the European Athletics Championship in the Marathon, which are gonna be in Munich in August, but she will not be lining up for Eugene World Athletics Championship in the Marathon because that's just one month before the Europeans. So she cannot do both just one month away. Um, there is a lot of traveling. Um, there is, of course, the preparation. Ninka has a job as a PhD in Zurich. So lots of things going on for her. And she also said that ultimately her goal are the 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris, France. So Brinkman plans to race the trails and the roads at the highest level again this year. She also shared some good insight about her training, telling Ironfar that her base training for road and trail is the same, and even if even when she's racing on trails, she puts in track session, kind of like me. She's just going to be a little more trail specific, uh, and the other way around before she has a goal on the road. But she doesn't lose one of the other. At the end of a road sc- cycle, she skips. The hill sessions but if she's going to run on the trails she does more elevation and other extensive stuff. She said that I never had it in my mind that I would stop breaking trails and I really want to combine trails and road especially this year. I strongly believe that can help me and I think this is a great key aspect of training that can help a lot of us. Personally it's the style that I try to look at, because I don't have access to big mountains and a lot of people don't have access to big mountains, but you can still perform really well on the trails if you do the right workouts and if you're willing to train your speed and improve your running economy on the roads, which I also think is a lot of fun. So, kudos to Ninke, and there, there is a curiosity, because on the same day, the other Two women who ended up on the podium of the Golden Trail Series 2021, who were, of course, Matisse Maud from Switzerland and Anaïs Sabrier from France, they also ran a marathon because they raced in Zurich, Um, Maud was second in 2 hours 33, and Anaïs Sabrier was third in 2 hours 37 in her marathon debut. So... Pretty impressive performances by those three ladies and I think this can be inspiring to many people. So don't be afraid to put yourself into contest on the roads on something that makes you a little bit uncomfortable but that is going to you know help you discover your limits, work in your weak areas and just improve as an athlete as a, and as a person. But let's move on, let's move back to the trails with Patagonia run 100 miles in San Martín de los Andes, Argentina. This was a stage of the Spartan Trail World Championship and after a day-long battle the great Pocapel from Spain broke free of Sergio Pereira from Argentina in the final kilometers of the race. But by the finish line, they were back together and they decided to cross the finish hand-in-hand in, hand in 19 hours, 26 minutes. Uh, Pals has done this before because I remember in 2020, at Transgran Canaria he crossed the line together with Pablo Villa in first place. John Barrier from Chile was third in 20, 21 hours, 11 minutes in this big awesome 100 mile race. Among the women, Adriana Vargas from Argentina, uh, who has already won here before, she did the same and beat the 24-hour mark in this year's race. She barely did that because she finished in 23 hours, 59 minutes, 11 seconds, so just 49 seconds below the mark. Um, And in the process, she outpaced Claudia Ramirez also from Argentina and Luciana Urioste who was third in 24 hours 18 minutes. The next Spartan Trail World Series race is the July 8th Brisbane Ultra in Australia. Let's move on with another circuit so the UTMB War Series with the Istria 100 miles that was the first race of this, this year after the cancellation of Tarawera Ultramarathon in New Zealand, which was going to be the first stage. For those who don't know, Istria is a peninsula in the northwest of Croatia, pointing into the Adriatic Sea, so close to Italy. And the Istria 100 miles by UTMB goes all around this peninsula. Among the men's Robert Hainal from Romania uh, who was the 2018 UTMB runner-up, uh, basically pulled away uh, right from the start and took the victory in 18 hours, 26 minutes. Roberto Mastrotto from Italy was second more than one hour with more than one hour gap from Robert Heinal and Alice Sedlak from Czech Republic, with Sanja Sherpa tied for third place. In the women's race it was Ragna Debats, a uh, trail runner from the Netherlands but she lives in Spain who won the women's race in 20 hours 14 minutes. Lucia Boller from Switzerland and Barbara Jolic from Slovenia were second and third place. The next race by UTMB, so that's part of the UTMB War Series, is of course, sorry, was of course the Canyons by UTMB 100K in Auburn, California, which uh, I already mentioned because our great athlete Jasmine Lauder won among the women. But I'm going to start from the man uh, where Adam Peterman Had another breakthrough performance. He truly is one of the fastest rising stars of our sport. He was at his debut in the 100k distance and he just dominated the race. Finishing in 8 hours, 31 minutes uh, and also going under the old course record. Second place was David Sinclair, a runner that is already displayed his fitness across uh, many different terrains and distances. He's been, um, of course, a great mountain runner. He's been on the American national mountain running team. He's been to World Championship. I remember a really impressive performance by David uh, in Patagonia in 2019, where he placed 12th in the World Championship classic distance and the day after he also ran the long long distance and he grabbed a top 10 finish. So great race by David Sinclair for the second place in 8 hours 43 minutes with a 12 minute gap from Adam Peterman and third place was Jared Hazen running for Salomon in third place in 8 hours 47 minutes. Among the top 10 there was also Rod Farber, Anthony Lee Anthony Fagundes and Dave Stevens. Other uh, top athletes that ran the race Reed Coolside from Canada, he's a marathoner running for Salomon and training for Western States, was 14th in 10 hours 12 minutes. Ryan Miller, 15th place in 10 hours 16, and Sage Kennedy, who was back after a period of struggle where You know he had some physical problem, and he also lost his house last year uh, during a fire in Boulder. He was 18th in 10-hour 25. So welcome back, Sage. It's great to see you. In the uh, women's race that I've already talked about a little bit, of course it was Jasmine Lauder literally dominating the race from start. From gun to finish with a ten hour one minute win, beating Beth Pascal course record by just one second. Oh my gosh. Leah Yingling, another very consistent runner, moved up throughout the race to ultimately finish second in ten hour twenty-four minutes, and Aroa Co was another surprise podium finisher in third place in ten hour twenty-seven. Another pre-race favorite, Brittany Peterson, unfortunately didn't finish the race. With the 50k, that was the big draw of the weekend, there was also a 50k and a 25k race in Auburn for the weekend of Canyon Endurance Run. Canyon that has actually announced that they'll have a 100 mile race from next year. But well, let's talk about the 50k, where Dakota Jones took the win in four hour 12 minutes, 12 minutes better than Mario Mendoza, who is running for Brooks. While in the women's race, it was Katherine Short winning in five hour five hour four minutes. I really want to focus a little bit on the 25k because I think this is an, a very interesting guy to follow, Garrett Heat a former Stanford University runner with a 13, 16, 5,000 meter personal best, uh, took the win over Darren Thomas in one hour, 43 minutes, three seconds. So a crazy fast performance on a super fast course. There is a very interesting interview on uh, a weekly newsletter that I received that is called The Lab Count by Cal Merber. That is part of the... CGS mag project that is a podcast, the website and just the media that covers running, track and field, road running, and also a little bit of trail running. And I think it's cool because there is a, you know, a fresh outside perspective from someone that is just stepping in from the sport uh, of track and field to the sport of trail running. And uh, I think it can give us a very unique Professional perspective on our sport. So I'm going to read an abstract from this interview uh, with a few questions that were asked by Calmerber to Garrett Heat. Garrett, um, I don't remember if I told you, is a runner for Brooks. Brooks. Uh, he had a really impressive uh, cross country and track career. He won the Great Edinburgh Cross Country, I think two times and beating, you know, some pretty legend of the sport like uh, Mo Farah, Kenenisa Bekele, Asbel Kiprop and uh, is now transitioned to the trails. So as you're making the decision to step away from the track and enter this new chapter of your career, what drew you to the trails as opposed to the more traditional road route? Here, here is Garrett's answer. When I talk to Brooks, I pitched doing both, but recently I've realized if I'm going to the trails, then I need to put all my eggs in that basket. If it doesn't work out and I break on the downhills, then I'll try the roads. I may eventually do a half marathon, though I'm happy for now. It's a different challenge from anything I've done. I have to imagine that your training has changed. As you're approaching, Are you approaching this with the same level of vigor, that you did during your track career. Training is completely different. I'm running probably 20% less miles a week, but focusing on hitting the trails and vert, the ups and downs. I don't know what the best way to train for trails is at this point, but I'm basically in this perpetual fall training mode during heels, fart legs, and tempos. I'm I'm going to the mountains near Seattle once or twice a week and do as much hill running as I can. You're the most accomplished track athlete in recent U.S. history to make the the transition to the trail. Do you feel some pressure because you're representing all your friends who watch trail races and thought, Oh, I could do that. Not completely, because I think there are those who who are really underestimating trail running and think they could just step in and take over. They have no idea what they'd be getting into and they would get absolutely annihilated. But the the feedback I got early was to prepare to be horrible at first and to proceed with caution. It's not the track. There is another skill set here that you need to develop over time. Maybe there haven't been a ton of track athletes who have transitioned over, but there have been some good ones who did it successfully, like Jim Wamsley, Joe Gray, Adam Pierman, and Max King. It's hard to feel a ton of pressure right now because it is so underestimated by the track world. I don't even know if it, if it is even considered at all. So I think this was a very interesting answer, something that, you know, also the track guys should listen to, our sport is not as trivial as it may seem from the outside, there is a you know, whole bunch of skills that an athlete needs to have in order to be successful and you listeners probably all know that. If you were to grade your debut as a 5000 meter time, what would you give to yourself? Probably like a 1335 if that makes any sense. So I think this was interesting because if Garrett is uh grading his performance at canyons with such a fast time I think that our sport you know it means that the level is is actually pretty good um not that I have any doubt about that but you know it's another confirmation of this and another good measure of what it means to run on the trails and win such races. Are there any plans to move up in the distance or are you staying on the shorter side of the trail scene? I was originally thinking that the 25k would be my maximum. By now I can see how the 50k could become a goal. I'm not completely tempted to go beyond that at this point because it becomes something completely different, then it's a mental game, plus the recovery and suffering post race, you could be out for an an extended period of time after. On the track, everything has so measured for so long that if you're off by a few seconds it's very surprising. If I think I'm in shape to run 63s to go 1307 in the 5k, but I actually run 1320, that is a total misestimation of fitness, and on the trails every course is different, and time doesn't mean anything, so it's all effort-based. It's cross-country to an extreme, where someone may rip a hill and you have no idea if they're going to die or about to win the race. We have so much less to gauge off. Then, 10 miles into a race you may feel great, but it's on a technical aspect, so you have to wait. There's a gamemanship to racing people rather than just going against the clock. And that's in 25, and that is in the 25K, which basically makes me a sprinter. So I thought this was a very interesting perspective uh, that I always like to you know, kind of listen to someone who is stepping in on the trail running scene from the track and field or the road running scene side of the sport. Not because they're better, but because they could bring something that can help us improve as athletes. I always like to look at other sports, uh, also climbing, also skiing, cross-country skiing, back-country skiing, uh, ski monitoring, uh, even maybe swimming, tri- triathlon, and of course track and field and marathon because they could give us such good insight and... Uh, information. Let's go on with the Peña Golosa trails in Castellón in Spain. It was a very cold windy uh, and muddy race at the Peña Golosa trail which was the world championship in 2018. There was a very competitive 110 kilometer race and a 60k race. Hannes Nemberger was the dominator in the men's race with a 10-hour, 49-minute finish that made him the first man ever under the 11-hour mark. This win backs up his victory at the November 2021 Madeira Island Ultra Trail and comes after a 6-place run at last year UTMB and a win at Lavarado. Daniel Jung from Italy, um, who is building towards Hard Rock, was second in 11-hour, and Merck Derbyshire from United Kingdom was third in 11 hours 38. The 60K was also very competitive with Kevin Vermeulen from France, 24 seconds in front of Varit Segea from Spain running for Team Salomon. They both clocked 5 hours 20 minutes, and Anders Kjarevic, who is probably mostly known for his third place, finished last year... Golden Toro Series final uh, was third in 5 hours 24 minutes. Among the women, it was Ellie Rios from Bolivia who won the women's 110k race in 13 hour 56 minutes. Eva Mesado from Spain was second and Claire Heslop from Canada was third. Spanish runners filled the women's 60k podium with Marta Molist leading everyone in 6 hour 19 minutes and Gemma Arenas in second place and Monica Vivas in third. The other great attraction of the month was, of course, Madeira Island Ultra Trail in Portugal that has a really impressive lineup of athletes. The race featured uh, five different distances from the 16, 16K to the one 15 k who was the main race of the weekend. Among the men... It was Jim Wamsley from United States who pushed to a 12-hour, 58-first-place finish, breaking Francois Dayen's 2017 record by 7 minutes. Thibaut Garivier, running for Hoka Oneone from France, was second in 13 hours, 24 minutes, and Jean-Philippe Schumi from Switzerland was third in 13 hours, 38 minutes. The first five places were also pretty interesting with Mathieu Blanchard from France and Andreas Reiter running for ASICS uh, who were also strong contenders in the first part of the race before fading a little bit towards the finish. Our athlete and collaborator Tom Evans from United Kingdom won the 85k in 8 hour 43 and Noel Giordano claimed victory in the 60k in just over 6 hours. In the women's race, it was Courtney De Walter who just dominated the race after a soft start and uh, her first attack came after 25k. She finished in 14 hours, 40 minutes on the very technical and demanding course in Madeira, in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And she was more than one hour and a half in front of the second place finisher, Audrey Tanguy from France. Catherine Goetz from Switzerland was third in 16 hour 39 with Marilyn Nekace from France and Elizabeth Borgesen from Sweden in the first five places of the race. Kelly Wolf from United States won the 85k and Sheila Avilas from Spain led the 60k in 6 hours 39. There was another record that fell during this past month and uh, after breaking the 100 mile the 24 hour and the 12 hour world record Alexander Rocking went on to take also the 100k what record on the track. So Rockin raced to a 6 hour, 5 minutes, 40 second, 100k finish. That's 5 minutes, 53 seconds per mile. And this time was over 3 minutes faster than the previous record who was set by a Japanese runner whose name is now Katsami, if I pronounce it right. On the way, Shrokin split 3 hour, 1 minute, 51 seconds for the 50K and 4 hour, 53 minutes, 41 seconds for the 50 miles, who were both national records. A few announcements of this month regarding changes of sponsorship. Uh, Katie Scheid from United States and June Albon from United Kingdom announced their new partnership with the North Face. There are two athletes that I really appreciate. Uh, Katie Scheid is from United States, but she lives in Switzerland where she is doing her PhD in geology. Uh, I think this winter she skied a lot. She raced uh, one of the greatest chemo races, uh, Pyramenta, which is a team competition that she did with Elise Ponce from France. Um, Katie was second last year at Lavaredo, and she's coming from On Running, the Swiss brand that has been supporting her during the past few years. Uh, last year, I think she also placed sixth at UTMB, and this year that is going to be her main goal for the 2022 season. John Alban also went to the North Face is uh, an absolute animal. Last year, I think, is among the top performances of the year. My my favorite and, uh, yeah, the performance that I really think that can stand out from 2021. One is OCC with an epic battle with Robbie Simpson um, in Chamonix. And the other one is Let Him Play, another 50... 50- mile trail race in France that it's very fast, very runnable, where John absolutely dominated. I met John a couple of times during the race, first time at World Trail Running Championship in 2019 in Portugal, where he won the race becoming trail running world champion, and I was fourth over the 50k distance in Portugal. And then at the World Mountain Running Championship in Patagonia, also in 2019, where he was fourth this time and I went on to finish second behind Jim Wamsley. so I think he has a little bit of advantage over me <laughs> and I'm looking forward to meeting him again soon. He is British but he lives in Romsdal basically in Killian's backyard and uh, he often trains with Killian. Um, he also raced very frequently in the OCR circuit of Spartan race and uh, it's been the number one of the sport for several years and uh, in 2018 it was close to winning a jackpot of 1 million dollar. I think it had just one race uh, missing to achieve this uh, this jackpot. Um, I don't really know how the circuit uh, what the circuit rules are, but uh, I thought this was a curious story about John Alban. This winter, he also launched an app called the Albon app that offers uh, structured training plans, strength and conditioning programs, and yoga, stretching, and many other things to help runners and trail runners improve their performance. The World Mental Running Association has announced that Valsier is going to be the title sponsor of the 2022 Mountain Running World Cup. That is a series of short races of mountain running. They're actually all below the marathon distance. They're very approachable. um, Also for, you know, young trail runners or people who are just getting started with the sport. And of course, trail running doesn't have to be always about ultras. There is a whole or to discover, among the sub-vulture distances, some really historic races full of history, I totally suggest you check out the Mountain Running World Cup website and the, the different stages that are spread out all across Europe, basically. Unfortunately, this year, there is not any stage in the United States. There used to be Broken Arrow Sky Race until last year, so I don't know why, for some reason, they haven't decided to confirm this um, great race uh, in California. Anyway, I was mentioning the um, Mountain Running World Cup because with Valser being the title sponsor, there, there's been uh, 50% growth in the travel support available for the athletes with the top five men and women that are eligible for support. Uh, with a travel budget and accommodation for every race of the circuit also the price purse for the overall circuit has been increased with uh, the winner that is going to put in his pocket at 4,000 euros check second place is worth 3,000 euros and third place is 2,000 euros so it's a big increase from what it used to be and it's great to see that uh, a brand uh, more sponsors coming in means more support for the elite athletes and more development for the sport. Let's talk a little bit about podcasts and other things, articles, things that have caught my attention during this month of April. On Free Trail, I actually listened to a really, really nice interview between Dylan Bowman and Tiff Tolfson. that for me... Um, came, basically came at the right time. Um, I feel like I share with him several of his struggle, of his difficulties, of his expectations and reflections about training, about racing, about trail running in general. Tim, um, is, is quite shy, but in this interview, you really can feel demand behind the athlete. He talks about mental health, um, Talking, he mentioned the fact that he's talking to a therapist, the importance to have a sustainable relationship with running, the mental processes that people, people like him, or also me, have to face because, you know, with thoughts that are kind of bouncing in and out of your brain without finding space or a solution, sometimes it gets difficult. So I want to share a quote with you that has struck me. From team, um, I've had a very difficult relationship with running over my entire life. Without running, I may actually have a healthier life. That's an odd thing to say, but I think in endurance sport, it is not uncommon. So I think it's hard to admit that. And uh, I found this really interesting from one of the greatest athletes of our sport, and uh, something that really resonated with the things that I'm going through and uh, something that maybe can inspire or help you in some way to know that uh, even runners struggle with mental health and, uh, you know, balance is probably an overrated concept sometimes, but really uh, it's something that is so precious, so hard to achieve and to take care of and, you um, I just found myself a lot into this conversation, so I totally suggest you listen to it. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Then I listened to a great interview by Free Trial Podcast with Adam Peterman uh, because, of course, he won Canyon, so I went back on an episode from um, sorry November 2021 where uh, Dylan Bowman discusses with Adam um, basically how 2021 has been like a really good year for Adam Peterman with uh, the victory and course record at Speedgoat, a win at JFK 50 mile and second place finish at Pikes Peak. Um, Lots of great things Um, that you can listen to. Some curiosities, for example, the fact that during you know elementary and middle school, Adam wasn't really into sports. He was more interested in playing in the band and uh, solving the Rubik's cube. Um, he actually he was actually making videos on YouTube, and he mentioned the fact that he was, he uh, had a passion for d- the didgeridoo. You know the Australian instrument that, <laughs> that is actually a, another passion of mine, and I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, yeah, it's great. You kind of uh, get to know a little bit about his background and his vision and uh, his perspective on running. He actually comes from uh, a very competitive uh, college track and field career. So I think it's very interesting to, to get to know to him a little bit better. And now he's just announced that he's going to line up for Western States after earning his golden ticket at Canyon. So... Looking forward to seeing how it does. There is actually another interview with Adam Peterman that has been made by the Single Track Podcast. I still have to listen to that. Uh, speaking of single track, I listened to a very interesting interview with Eddie Bracy, uh, an American trail athlete uh, that has been focusing on mountain running, but has now transitioned more into the ultra scene. Eddie. Is a runner for Nike Trail, and she also wrote a book that is called Mental Training for Ultra Running. So in the in the interview, she extensively talk about this book, and she talks about her job as a psychologist and um, uh, everything she's doing with a group of athletes regarding the, the mental side, the mental aspect of performance and uh, training, the mental, yeah, the mental aspect of the sport. I think this month I was like really into the mental aspect of the sport, with, because probably it's something that has resonated with me in this particular stage of my career. So if you're interested in that, I totally suggest you check out these two episodes. Uh, with Free Trail, there's another podcast with our great athlete Jasmine Lauder, that we also interviewed. So. Please check out that episode of our podcast. This month, we also completed the nutrition talk series with Wilfredo Benitez. We talked about what's the best way to recover after a trail race or an effort. If there is any nutrition strategy, any type of food that can help us uh, recover better, because of course, recovering better means uh, boosting the process of super compensation, which is what we're looking for after... You know, a hard training uh, after an intense session, a long run, our focus must be recovery and get as ready as possible for the next effort. So nutrition and hydration plays a big role in that and we try to share a few tips, uh, a little bit of science behind and what can be some useful guidance on that. Now, I want to share one thing that has caught my attention on social media, and that is a post that was made by Kylian Jornier in the last few days of April. And uh, it's a reflection of the status of the sport. So this is what he writes. Last weekend, two Spanish trail running championships were held, one under the Athletic Federation and the other one from the Mountaineering Federation. The situation in Spain is now into tribunals, deciding who have the rights to exploit trail running. The most affected of that are the athletes and fans of the sport, since the dilution of the competition is big and it's hard to understand what a result really means. The situation internationally isn't very different. Trail running has been growing quickly in the past 20 years and with the increment of participation, more players were on the game. Every year, a dozen of competitions and circuits called World Championship or something similar are held. First, we need to understand that the act of running outdoors with a competition goal came from different places and tradition. And even if it's all running in natural spaces, it isn't the same at all to do races like Kilometer Vertical of Fuli, West Estates of Trofeo Kima. The difference between those races are huge. We shouldn't talk about trail running as a single discipline, but multiple ones. Historically, the first to organize international circuits were Mountain Running Association with an athletic background and Skyrunning with a mountaineering origin. After ITRA, Golden Tour Series, UTMB World Series and World Athletic, some private other federations are arrived many times to fill different distances or terrains, but sometimes overlapping with existing ones. In order to try to understand the differences of those championships and cups, I tried to do an exercise placing where those different organizers are in terms of distance and technicality of the races. So we can picture better what it means one or the other disciplines. So there is this very interesting article that I would like you to check out that Killam wrote on uh, one of the blogs that he keeps. That I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna put it in the in the show notes for you, of course. And uh, it's a basically a review of the current status of the sport. And uh, of course, many of you probably have it clear, but I think as someone who maybe doesn't think about trail running, who is not really into the trail running scene, it's very difficult to understand how this whole word uh, is what it has inside. When it comes to my opinion about what is good or bad, I don't have it clear. All have pros and cons, and we will see in the next years how is everything developing and standing. And I see more greys than blacks and white. I think in our sport, individual races are still more important than championships or cups, since each race has an atmosphere and peculiarities that makes it stronger than the call of a title. So these are the final words of Killian post. There is some discussions in the comment. I also put a few comments You if you want to check it out. I think there is one distinction that is fundamental to make. That is that uh, on one side we have federations and on the other side, we have private institutions and brands and it, they're not the same. So to understand this difference is fundamental. And I wish the federation had more control on the sport, because I think it's in their best interest to develop this sport uh, to the highest level for the athletes and not, you know, for the brand of the interest of a private person or, or a private company. So I don't have a very clear opinion on this topic as well. I just think it's something that it's worth thinking about. And uh, if, you're, if you want to read something interesting, and reflect on the current status of the sport, uh, this is the place to go. So I think this is, this is pretty much everything that I wanted to cover for the month of April 2022. Thanks for following me this, on this month. Uh, I would really appreciate if you could rate our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast. If you want to share the conversation on social media and tag me, that would be great um so yeah i hope your turning season is taking off that your turning is going well until next time take care and keep on running have an awesome month of may everyone bye